You're listening to the Red Bull Amapico podcast, Baltimore edition. What I'm reversing into and selling it to the people is an actual way where you can be the top of the food chain. You can be the, the top guy and how that can benefit the neighborhood through, through the vehicle of urban farms. The thing that I'm spending a lot of time right now trying to get people behind is getting um, people to care about um, creating future change leaders in our in, in the young students and in the business students that I work with um, in an academic setting. So that's kind of been my real passion. Like 97% of the black people in Baltimore that are born in poverty die in poverty or like a black person in Baltimore with some college has less of a chance of getting a job than a white person with some felonies, right? These are things that show how racism is alive and well and functioning. For me, I have to take a completely different approach to getting people behind me because it dawned on me that I'm actually doing something that's never been done before. Because of the way we use the internet, people go viral every single day, all the time. Um, so I definitely think it's something that needs to be harnessed and you have to figure out how to do something good. It's everything. It's uh, the way of uh, life. Welcome back, or just welcome if this is the first time you're listening. I'm Audrey Buchanan and I'm here in Baltimore for the Red Bull Emma Pico Academy with 15 social innovators from across the US. People trying to solve problems that they're really close to, whether that's using dirt bike culture to get kids into engineering, or encouraging corner stores to sell $5 bags of kale instead of toy guns. In this episode, I'm going to be asking people a question that affects anyone who's trying to solve a social problem. How do you get people behind your idea? When people ask me how I get um, allies or accomplices to join in this movement for trans lives, I, I use all of the resources on this playing field we find ourselves in. So while I'm criticizing these things, these beauty standards, these, um, these privileges, I need to use these tools to gain access while working, of course, to dismantle them. My name is Ava Pipitone. I am the executive director of the Baltimore Transgender Alliance. I'm also one of the worker owners of Red Emma's Coffee House and Bookstore and the co-founder of Host Home. Host Home is a donor-powered Airbnb for the LGBT community. I need to do things like appear attractive to people in power. I need to appear charming by your standards so you'll listen to me. And then once I have your ear, then I can do some education. I mentioned that we're here at Red Bull Amapico Academy in Baltimore. It's a 10-day event that kicks off 18 months of support for our social innovators and it also involves mentors and coaches from around the world, including Gail Northrup, who traveled from LA to be with us. So my name is Gail Northrup, and I'm the president of Northrup Nonprofit Consulting, a consulting firm that works with nonprofits and social enterprises, uh, focusing on strategy, organization development, and board development. Um, I also teach at UCLA. I teach at the business school, and now to undergrads as well, a course on social entrepreneurship. The thing that I'm spending a lot of time right now trying to get people behind is getting um, people to care about um, creating future change leaders in our in, in the young students and in the business students that I work with um, in an academic setting. So that's kind of been my real passion, and I'm really focused on getting people behind this idea that um, 
both it's a natural inclination. Our younger generation, millennials and, and, and younger, really want to have meaning and purpose in their life. So I, I spend a lot of time trying to get people behind that idea um, and trying to see the promise of business for social good. I mean, I will definitely try to connect to that shared vision of, um, of creating a better society. I think it's a combination. I think that some of the tools that, that I would use are facts. It's statistics. It's statistics that talk about you know what millennials want in a career. I think it's statistics in terms of um, what it means for um, how many resources are available. So I think it is a matter of facts. But in the end, the facts just lead to a story. Dominic Nell of City Weeds. So Baltimore City is a very, uh, in many parts, are open air drug drug market places. And, you know, I've seen a lot of products um, be pushed on, on the people over the years. So I'm taking the same approach as far as uh, how drugs and other substances get imposed upon the neighborhood. I'm imposing uh, my health initiative. So I'm taking the existing narratives of uh, nickel bags and dime bags and jars and jugs and catchy touts and name phrases to sell microgreens, kale, cold-pressed juices, chlorophyll, alkaline water, and um, use city weeds as kind of like a double entendre of corner activities, like how, how drugs get sold, the supply and demand, um, the marketing of it, the... Um, and actually the setting of it. So I'm actually, the market that I choose to sell my, my goods and my wares in is literally in the middle of one of the largest uh, open drug airways in, in Baltimore City. And so with that being said, um, I feel that those are, for two reasons, I feel that those are the most, that need nutrition, those that are impacted by the actual results of the drugs or putting the drugs in them, their systems, like those people actually need more so of alkaline or chlorophyll water or foods that are higher in elements to sustain their life. And then also to put myself on a platform to show um, others, some of the corner boys, as, as you would say, another way to hustle or a different twist to the hustle. and. Instead of selling death, you can sell life, and it can be just as lucrative or profit profitable, if not more. And then there's layers of empowerment that get placed upon it, whether it's food sovereignty, and now you're the connect. Now you grow the crop, and you can supply the demand. So what I'm reversing into and selling it to the to the people is a is an actual way where you can be the top of the food chain. You can be the the top guy and how that can benefit the neighborhood through, through the vehicle of urban farms um, and so on and so forth. Dee Watkins, author of New York Times bestsellers, The B-Side and The Cook-Up, a crack memoir. So there's a lot of stats that hit really hard and I try to use them so that I can show people how urgent some of the, these problems are. Like 97% of the black people in Baltimore that are born in poverty die in poverty or like a black person in Baltimore with some college has less of a chance of getting a job than a white person with some felonies, right? These are things that show how racism is alive and well and functioning. I don't wanna be the master of knowing the problems. I wanna be 
you know, a person who's known for solving some problems versus just always out here identifying them with like a tie on in front of an audience. I want to be a person with a sweatshirt on with some people trying to, you know, trying to trying to solve some of the problems that exist. Gail Northrup, to create social change and momentum behind social change, I think there's a couple of different elements that are really critical. I think the first is is a vision of of what you want to see. And that vision really has to be around the world being a better place. In whatever way you feel, you as a social entrepreneur feel like you can make a difference, it's being able to communicate that vision in a way that's um, compelling and that people can really connect to. One of the things um, I've seen in working in LA in particular, a lot of my clients are working with um, populations like formerly incarcerated or formerly homeless or former gang members. Um, some of those populations are really hard to connect people to, um, particularly in LA. If you don't think that the that the gang problem is still there, um, it's it's hard to connect the issues of um, incarceration or um, being involved in gangs to those, particularly those donors that that might feel disconnected from it. But I think um, you know the leader and, and founder of of Homeboy Industries has done an amazing job of. Um, painting a picture, uh, as he describes it, of erasing the margins between us and them and creating a community where there are there are no marginalized and where we stop, stop demonizing the, the demonized. And I think it gets, it pulls at people's emotions of the world that they want to live in and creates this picture that they can actually be a part of living in that world um, and see themselves in it. And it starts to take it away from an us and them, but uh, I, I can play a part in creating this, this world that I want to see and I can visualize. Amanda Brinkman went viral when she made her Nasty Woman t-shirts. It makes me wonder, how do you use that kind of platform to get people to go a step further than just watching your video or buying your t-shirt? I'm Amanda Brinkman and I own Google Ghost, which is an online store and platform. Um, the site sells feminist-oriented apparel and lifestyle goods. So on October 19th, I was watching the third presidential debate, and when Trump called Clinton a nasty woman, I just immediately mocked up a t-shirt. I put it online for sale before the debate was even over. It was mainly just to my friends as a joke. I thought maybe I would sell four or five. Um, and I had promised 50% of the proceeds would go to Planned Parenthood, and by the end of the night, I had sold 50 and thought that was pretty incredible, and I woke up and I had sold 10,000. Within just a matter of days, it was in over 100 publications, um, millions of website hits, uh, thousands of sales, and um, yeah, and this wasn't a business at the time, it was just like a personal site and hobby and personal bank accounts, so kind of everything blew up. Um, bank accounts got frozen, and PayPal got frozen, and I had to petition for a same-day business license, so um, it was just kind of commotion on all sides. And to date, um, donated over $130,000 to Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and Earth Justice. Um, yeah, and so continuing to make donations um, based upon sales. After going viral, it was pretty interesting because it was just a shirt. So while the shirt created a visual marker and can build communi community through people who could see one another, um, a shirt in itself doesn't do too much. Um, so I didn't want to just kind of go for the low-hanging fruit and just continue making slogan t-shirts. I wanted to further 
empower the people who already bought it and actually expand that community. So what I want to do is continue to use it as a platform to amplify what other women are doing in their communities, um, bringing those women together in ways that make sense. So what I would love to do is get people using my products, um, starting conversations, and maybe they don't know that the product instigated that. Um, so my next product's a game. So my hope is if I can get you around a table and make you laugh um, and start thinking about things, that that conversation will continue and you'll go out into the world and do some stuff and maybe you'll forget the game. <laughs> and maybe that was just kind of something that ignited the spark. So virality is something that happens immediately and can be forgotten just as quickly. And because of the way we use the internet, people go viral every single day, all the time. Um, so I definitely think it's something that needs to be harnessed and you have to figure out how to do something good with whatever you did. I think people go viral because they did something authentic and it resonated with many people. And I think if you can continue being authentic and talking to those people and instigating change, then like you're doing something really powerful and using the internet and virality for good. Gail Northrup. I think it goes fundamentally. One of the ways to start is to understand where somebody else is sitting, where they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. I think of the of the concept with them, what's in it for me. You can't connect with somebody and understand what's in it for them unless you understand where they're sitting in the shoes that they're in. So I think the first step is to, to listen and to ask questions and to understand the context in which you're working and others are working and, and then to create this connection that allows you to paint a picture of what working together and galvanizing behind a change, how that connects to the individual and their motivations. C. Harvey runs Baltimore's Gifted, a platform that sells and promotes art made by Black Baltimore youth, giving artists 80% of the net income earned. Hey, I am C. Harvey. I am the owner of Generation of Dreamers, and I am also the founder of Baltimore's Gifted, an art and e-commerce initiative in Baltimore City. It's an online platform that allows them to showcase and sell their original artwork and art-derived wares like t-shirts, tote bags, pillows, and coffee mugs. The cool thing is 80% of all net sales actually go back to the youth. So it's really, really there for economic empowerment and also to combat the exploitation of black youth by white institutions. For me, I have to take a completely different approach to getting people behind me because it dawned on me that I'm actually doing something that's never been done before. And that's not even really Baltimore's gifted. It's actually the piece that I've realized since I've been here. And that means I can't do anything the way people would typically do it. I have to do something that's never been done in a way it's never been done. Um, so it's gonna be misunderstood. So for me to get people behind me, I've had to switch my environment and my location to in somewhere where they actually want what I'm offering instead of trying to convince people that they need what I have. And I think by doing that and going out west, um, west coast, Cali, LA, Arizona, I, I love it out there. And that's where my tribe is. Well, to me, like a sin is to go against oneself. So if it's something in your gut you don't really want to do, why would you go against yourself? Um, again, when you're doing something radical or something that hasn't been done, the masses aren't going to get it. They just aren't going to get it. So sometimes their way of thinking, you, you can't say yes to because you're going to literally go against everything that you've been building. 
um, I think it's also a matter of not giving a fuck. Like, you just really can't care what people think. Doesn't mean you don't respect them or what they've done or what they accomplished, but it's just like, in general, I just don't give a fuck because your eyes are too small to see this very big vision, and that's okay. So I think for me, um, it's important to actually embody what you're trying to teach youth. So if you're actually teaching you how to say no and be smart about opportunities, you have to literally embody it and become the example of what it means to say no. Here's Kita Matungulu, founder of Hoops for Hope. My name is uh, Kita Thierry Matungulu, and uh, I'm uh, one of uh, the three founders of Hoops for Hope and currently uh, director of basketball operations at the NBA. Ubuntu is uh, an African, actually a South African, many a Zulu name uh, for meaning uh, I am who I am because of you. But it's also a Pan-African way of life, you know, and uh, uh, a, a type of life that's widely used around the continent. In Hoops for Hope, it's everything. It's uh, the way of uh, life. You know, we've included that in all the methodology and the life skills and the way that uh, each individual deal with one another. We really believe that Ubuntu allow us to succeed by uh, making sure that uh, we uh, lean on one another and that we can do things all together uh, in unity. The best way to communicate Ubuntu in American lifestyle is really uh, to, to reinforce the value. Ubuntu itself is a series of values. It's a, a way of life, you know. Uh, as much as we can be individual or in a, a community, you know, I think uh, uh, everyone needs value to succeed and keep them grounded. You're listening to the Red Bull Amapico Podcast, Baltimore edition.